This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse sorts, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to talk about equine-facilitated learning, where therapists use the magic of horses to help people cope with life's challenges. Our guest today is trainer and clinician Franklin Levinson, who has been involved with equine-facilitated learning for the past 20 years. Franklin has developed his own unique brand of equine-facilitated learning, which he has introduced in the UK and has some fascinating insights on how horses can help us heal. We'll talk to Franklin right after these messages. Why the long face? I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsor. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we are talking to trainer and clinician Franklin Levinson about equine-facilitated learning. Franklin, how are you today? I'm very well, Audrey. Uh, How are you today? Oh, pretty good. Uh So let's start with talking about what exactly equine-facilitated learning is. Okay. Horses, first of all, they're very attractive to humans. They're very magnetic. Um, When we see horses, we tend to be drawn to looking at them. Um, They are majestic and they're graceful, how they move, and they're a very proud animal and so on. And even just seeing a horse standing around, there's something that's magnetic and attracting us to look at them. Then when we have the opportunity to interact with them, because the horse uh, is, it's a very social animal, lives in a herd, it's a relationship-based animal, and because also it's a prey animal eaten by other animals, it, it first of all wants to know the intentions of those around it. They want to know whether they want to eat it for dinner or not. And once they determine that you're safe, then they will start to get curious. And once they start to get curious, they will start to investigate you 
And then depending on your response to them, they are going to respond back to you the same way. For instance, you've probably heard people say, well, I'm afraid of horses and they know it. Well, that's quite true because the horse needs to have these big antennas uh, for danger and needs to have a highly developed sense of intuition. It senses what's going on for those individuals with it, whether it be another animal or human, and it restarts to respond in kind. So, for instance, if you are afraid, it makes the horse a little afraid. If you're nervous, it makes the horse nervous. If you're calm and confident, the horse will settle down and kind of get calm and confident that it's safe and start to investigate that human even more. So this is called the mirroring effect of horses. The horse will mirror what's going on for the individual that's with it. So that being said, when the sh a human is with the horse and a human is able to just lead, guide, or direct simple movement. It could just be leading forward consciously and, ask, and stopping, you know. So, but it's not just like unconscious action by the human. The human actually says to the horse, oh, come on, let's take a walk. Through, it's, it's not just without connection. If the human will pay attention enough to the horse to actually engage the horse and, and be connected to the horse, the horse will then begin to respond uh, in a wonderful way and accept that human as a leader and do, or at least try to do, what the human is requesting. So for when humans begin to act consciously then with the horse, thoughtfully and compassionately, and without malice and without trying to control the animal. The horse even relaxes even more with the human. And this, this prompts the human to relax even more. And next thing you know, you have sort of a dance going on between the horse and the human. It's a dance of movement. It's a dance of relationship. And this relationship thrives on the human providing the best that they have to offer to the horse. Some of those great qualities that that human can offer to the horse are compassion, kindness, thoughtfulness, presence, being non-judgmental, being offering skillful leadership. By that I just mean skillful direction of motion, skillful guidance of action, and so on. Then the two species start to dance together and there's a strong connection and a strong bond. The horse will begin to trust the human, because the human becomes trustworthy. A, another quality would be consistency. Another quality would be balance in the communication. In other words, not too loud, not too soft, not too aggressive, but not too laid back. It's, it's really some of the best that we humans can bring forward. For instance, like a great parent. Um, you, you don't want to be you know, Mr. Great Parent one day and Mr. Jerk the next. You have to be consistent. You have to be kind, you have to be thoughtful, you have to be skillful in your communication. So these are all wonderful qualities that I would think uh, many humans would want to develop. And the horse, to be successful with the horse, the horse brings this out. Because the more of these wonderful qualities we bring forward, the better things go with the horse. And I think it's the same in other relationships too, not just with horses. So equine-facilitated learning is learning through the responses of the horse to the human that's with it. A lot of the times, we're not paying any attention to the responses of our horses. We're just kind of unconsciously 
uh, hooked into our agenda, not really paying any attention to what the horse is, is uh, responding with. Um, this is inappropriate, just like it would be with a human. If you're in communication, communicating or engaged with somebody else in a communication, and uh, you're just, your mind is in Cincinnati, your body may be there, and you may be moving your mouth and saying some words, but your mind is somewhere else. Your attention is uh, maybe on trying to control the situation or maneuver this person or whatever. You're not really honestly engaged in integrity with that person that's with you. But when you are engaged in integrity with a horse, you will get to take a good look at yourself and you'll see, because of the responses to the horse, where you're right on and where you're not, where you're really kind of missing the mark because of an attachment to your agenda or an ego-based uh, communication where you're trying to look a certain way. You want Your ego wants you to appear courageous and successful, and your ego wants you to look a certain way, but that doesn't work with horses. You can't BS a horse. You've got to get real, and I think being real is a great quality to have in a relationship. Some of the basics of equine facilitated learning. You know me now, Audrey. I kind of get on a roll, so I'm going to let you <laughs> jump in there. Okay, I'm going to stop you and ask you a question. What kinds of problems does this help with? Like, what kind of problems do people have that they can get fixed or learn to deal with using EFL? Well, it's a real broad-based... There are many bro uh, applications for this. It's very broad-based. You'll see equine facilitated learning programs uh, for learning, uh, learning disabled children, emotionally challenged individuals, uh, mentally challenged individuals in various ways, physically challenged individuals. And you will also see these programs for, quote, normal folks, corporate programs. They call them leadership team building programs, programs for just plain folks. And I call the, I believe that these are life enriching. I believe that successful interaction with horses is a life enriching experience. Even if I'm just straight out training horses or doing a horsemanship clinic, it's still EFL. It's still equine facilitated learning because in order to get successful in the training, that human's got to come forward with the best they have, including skills and wisdom around horses and so on. It's, so it's practice at being the best that we can be. And these applications are really many and across the board. In fact, there's a real bandwagon now uh, becoming an international craze and bandwagon of equine-facilitated learning programs that are primarily, I'm seeing, programs primarily based on corporate leadership. And uh, the reason for that is because... Money is a, is a big factor, and learning disabled children, programs for, for these types of individuals, the funding is very limited. However, like if you do a corporate program, you can charge a, a hefty amount of money to that corporation. So I'm seeing a proliferation worldwide uh, of more leadership team building programs than I am in programs for learning disabled children which to me is, is unfortunate. Um, I would, um, I've done many leadership team building programs with larger corporations, but I, I tend to, that's all well and good and very beneficial for, that, uh, for those individuals and those corporations. I really like working with autistic children. That seems to be where I tend to go 
um, bipolar children, um, Down syndrome, ADHD, ADD, and so on. That attracts me more. I don't know why. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe because there's fewer programs for these children, and, and, and people don't really understand how to provide them that, that well. Well, they, they need the help a lot more than the corporation probably does. Well, I, I kind of look at it that way. I don't want to put judgments on it. There's a lot of terms for these programs. There's EAP, which is Equine Assisted Psychotherapy. To be quite honest with you, I have a bit of a, I'm a little challenged with that because I've seen exercises in equine assisted psychotherapy involving horses that I felt were very inappropriate for the horse. Mm. I, I like to see the horse partnered with the human and not just used. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when we just use horses. I like it when we partner with horses and when we honor horses. So uh, I'm not going to go into the organizations that I feel are actually inappropriate with a horse, but they exist and they're very prevalent and they have very slick marketing and so on. And they're, mm-hmm. world, they're international. Right. Not- well, I was going to ask you how your technique differs from, that was my next question, how it differs from much of the EFL that's currently practiced. Okay. In equine-assisted psychotherapy, here's the basis of that, and then I'll tell you what I do. They'll bring out a horse. They don't tell you anything about the horse. They don't tell you anything about the mind of the horse, the psychology of the horse, its needs, etc. Then, for instance, they'll give you a piece of equine equipment. It could be something as simple as a halter. They don't tell you anything about that equipment. They don't tell you how to put it on. They don't, there's no information given at all. They say, here, take this equipment, go put it on that horse. Mm-hmm. Well, an analogy to doing something like that would be like take a, a, a uniform that has a lot of padding and shoulder pads and knee pads and special equipment and say, go put it on that eight-year-old child. And you don't know anything about the equipment. You don't know anything about the sport. You go over this eight-year-old child it's just as innocent as could be and hanging out on his own. And you start trying to put this equipment on this child. Well, you're going to scare the child, perhaps, or you're going to somehow do something that is not great for the child. Mm-hmm. It certainly is disrespectful and not honoring of that child. Right. They do that with horses all the time, including giving somebody a full saddle and, and bridle and say, go put it on that horse. And then they process the human as a result of the success or failure of that experience. What I do, I want to impart, now this is not necessarily with a learning disabled child, but, and I'll go into that a little bit, but what I'll do is I really impart knowledge about the horse. I want people to respect that horse and honor that horse. And then I'll even, um, I'll demonstrate what I'm, uh, I would like to see the person attempt. Uh, whether it be simple leading or lunging or, or jumping, ground driving, whatever it is. And I think that by honoring the horse, by trying to impart some wisdom of horses to that human who knows nothing, um, helps that horse, any abuse, be nullified. Mm-hmm. It also helps that human be a lot more conscious in how they approach the animal. I'd say, now notice the response of the animal. You know, are you too fast? Are you too slow? Is he ignoring you? Etc. And and then as they move through that process, they become partners with the horse. And the horse will partner with the human if you're conscious with it and respectful of it. That does not happen much of the time, a lot of the time, in equine-assisted psychotherapy. Many of those programs are put on by very wonderful counselors and psychotherapists, and they have degrees and everything 
you know, beyond the max. But what they don't really have are the horse skills much of the time. I'm not sure I see the point of even using a horse then. I mean, why not just make it an, you know, an inanimate completely. object, say, go build this thing? Or why, why does a horse have to be involved with that? I agree a thousand percent. I, why not just get a bicycle and take it apart, put it in the middle of a round pen, send somebody in there with a few tools and tell them to put the bicycle together. Right. And then process that. Right. Don't, you don't do it at the expense of a sentient being. Yeah, that, I agree. I agree with that a thousand percent, and that's I have a big problem with a lot of those kinds of programs. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not all of them. There are people who are very knowledgeable horse people who are involved in the AP. The mother of all these programs, a woman who developed these programs some twenty-five years ago to thirty years ago, is named Barbara Rector. Barbara Rector, I've known forever. We've done programs together. I learned a lot from her. She was a very high-level equestrian uh, and a fabulous person. And her website is www.adventuresinawareness.net. And she has books on the topic, and she offers courses on this. And she's the one I feel is really offering the best. We'll Um, put that in the uh, episode notes page so people can get that. Franklin, let me stop you for a second. We need to go go to a break. And uh, when we come back from the break, I I have some more questions uh, for you about this. Thank you. Thank you. Fascinating subject. So hang on. We'll be right back. Okay. Why the long face? (laughs) I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Hi, welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we're talking to trainer and clinician Franklin Levinson about equine facilitated learning. So, Franklin, let me ask you about, it sounds like the stuff that you're talking about with EFL can be applied to, you don't have to have particular mental challenges or physical challenges for horses to be therapeutic. How does this same philosophy apply to the average horse owner just on a daily basis? Well... As in any relationship, if you bring your best to the relationship, if you get really present and conscious in your communication, if your communication is based, has a base of compassion and kindness and thoughtfulness with it, sensitivity and consistency and so on, all these wonderful qualities that I mentioned a little while ago, you're going to have a better, you might have a better life. You're sure going to have a better relationship. You're probably going to have a better day and a better time with your horse. So even people who 
horse owners who um, primarily are involved in riding their horses. I want to encourage those people to get very present with their horse. Don't assume things about their horse. Don't assume that because you've had the horse for 10 years that you absolutely know what he's going to do every single time you're with it. That's not good. You don't want to assume that about your spouse. You might get... Uh, you might have a problem if you start assuming things about your spouse and having too many expectations. That they, takes us out of the present. If you start assuming things and expecting things, then you have left the present and your, your mind is in the future somehow. Now, I want to encourage, horses don't live in the future. They don't live in the past. They live in the now. And the now is where life is happening. So that's why I really want to encourage everybody, including horse owners and trail riders and people who are showing their horses, to let go of the agenda a little bit of what the doing part of what you want to have happen with your horse and get into the being part of being with that horse a bit and engaging him consciously in the present and let go of what it is you want to do, even for a few minutes, and just be there with him. You'll be amazed at how that will enhance the connection. Well, I've found, too, that horses are just amazing teachers. You, you, I've learned so much about myself just from being around horses. And, you know, people say that a lot. They learned about themselves. So I want to ask you, Audrey, what have you learned about yourself from your horse? Do you well, mind? <laughs> I no, I don't mind. <laughs> I have no <laughs> secrets. Well, I've learned that I have a shorter temper than I thought I did. Oh, you know, there's no nobody can, can push my buttons like my horse. And it's... You. And I know that it's important not to lose your temper, well, with anybody, particularly a horse, because <laughs> it well, doesn't do innocent. any good. It just why, exacerbates why get mad the at a child? Yeah, exactly. It's, it, and so, you know, they, they push your buttons, and then I've learned to control it and recognize, okay, I'm starting to lose my temper. I'm going to walk away now, and I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to come back when I'm calm, or I'm going to put you away. If, if I need to, or we're going to stop what we're doing and we're going to try it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that has been valuable to me in other areas of my life as well. Also, uh, you know, I have issues with fear that I have opportunities to work out with my horse because your horse, as you said, they mirror you. And, uh, you know, I know I'm getting uptight when I feel my horse getting uptight and I need to, I'm forced to calm down because if I don't calm down the situation's going to escalate and you know it's like they're always there to keep you in check that's what it feels like to me so would you think that the reason you get upset at the horse are you getting upset at the horse or upset at yourself you know it seems like it's at the horse but really it's it's at myself because I have a perfectionist tendency and I apply it to myself and I apply it to I'm applying it to the horse and you can't do that with a horse thank you very much you know the horse is never doing anything to you personally it is just being a horse so many people anthropomorphize and they attribute like well the horse is out to get me he's out to make me look bad he's out to do something to me take advantage of me to be pushy bossy all those things and we take these things personally how silly is that it's an animal Right. You know, it's just being, well, being what it is. 
I know we all get so wrapped up in our horses and, and I think work, it's confusing is we have a relationship with them and we feel like we love them and we take care of them and we feed them and, and we want them to do what we want them to do in exchange. And when they don't, it's like, you know, well, you're not keeping up your end of the bargain, okay. you know. That if we have expectations, well, I'm providing a roof over your head, I'm buying all the food, I'm paying all the bills, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, therefore, you should love me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that doesn't that, work. No, it doesn't. <laughs> then you're bribing for love. Yeah. If that does not work, and bribing horses does not work, they don't think that way. Yeah. I, I've had so many questions in my life about, well, I give them treats and I pet them and I brush them and I do this and I do that. Why doesn't he love me? Why doesn't he do? That's because you're not being a good leader for your horse. That's because you're not developing trust. You're trying to bribe for love. That does not work. And you know, it doesn't work with people either. So it's a good lesson. Yeah, it's a good lesson. I think it's one of the biggest lessons. And taking things personally, even from another human, it's not about you. It's more about them than it is about you. That's how I look at it. Yeah. You know, somebody's being very judgmental towards you, and you're this and you're that. They're talking more about themselves than they are about you. That's my feeling about it anyway. Yeah. Well, those are, and those are all incredible things that you learn just from being around horses. That's right. That's more EFL right there. That's exactly right. You know, I just want to jump in very briefly into the learning disabled aspects of what I do, which is those are the programs that I love the best. There was an uh, author named Temple Grandin, Grandin, who is an autistic, an adult autistic, has written uh, books, uh, I think Animals in Translation was one, and she points out that horses, and I agree with her, are very much like an autistic individual. They see things like an autistic individual sees. They are hypersensitive to visual uh, stimuli. And we all know that horses are. I mean, a horse will spook from a rattle in the bush, you know. Right, right. A piece of plastic blowing by. They see things that we don't. We have selective vision. We have selective hearing. Horses don't because they Mm. they can't afford it. They need to see everything and hear everything in order to survive. So... Uh, autistic children, I tend to handle an autistic child or work with them exactly like I do a colt. I will not, uh, I will give them a lot of spatial uh, respect. I will be more aware of the energetics of the interaction between an autistic individual and myself than I might be with some other types of individuals. I tend to try to draw that uh, child towards me as I might a colt, you know, in a round pen, he's going, and then I might kind of back away from trying to draw him into me with a very kind, benign energy. And I found that if I remember to treat an autistic child or individual more like a horse, that the magic really starts to come forward. It's kind of a very interesting thing. It works for me anyway. Wow, that's interesting. I want to encourage those of you who are involved in EFL that are listening out there that not only do you provide, you know, life enrichment programs to corporations and and regular folks, but consider taking on some autistic individuals or learning disabled individuals and and experiment a little bit and see what kind of magic can happen. I just think it's so worthwhile. Tell me a little bit about the 
courses that you teach? I know you, you teach people how to I do just, this. Um, about six or seven years ago, I created, uh, I introduced equine facilitated learning to England. I guess I'm told I was the first person to do this. I subsequently created a five-day course for those individuals who were interested in attempting to provide this service. This is not for corporates uh, or CEOs or anything like that. Again, my focus went to learning disabled children. And so I created this five-day course, which has a healthy dose of horsemanship in it because I feel that's what's really lacking. There's a lot of psychologists around and good counselors and so on, but what was really lacking were people that had a heavy, very good, very appropriate knowledge base of horses. So all my courses contain hefty amounts of horsemanship and knowledge about horses and then information about the particular children uh, and their challenges and then the process. I've now done these courses in three countries, England, Australia, in the U.S. and they are being well received and, and the attendance is great and now we are becoming accepted by the Riding for the Disabled organizations in Australia and I've begun creating the Australian Equine Facilitated Learning Association uh, which a lot of the RDA centers uh, seem to be interested and want to jump on board so I'm very gratified at that and I feel wonderful that I'm able to help provide this for interested people and for the children and for the horses because it's got to be good for the horses. If it's not good for the horses, it's, it's not good, you know? It's, it's, yeah. it's got to work for the, for the horse as well as the child. Mm -hmm. And horses, many horses, as you know, Audrey, I'm sure, really just take the children. They will yeah. caretake children. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have the right horse, which is extremely important for equine facilitated learning, the right horse, especially if you're doing it with children, the right horse could be it's just a magical experience. You know, I have a video clip on YouTube that has a, a typical equine facilitated learning session on it. You could Google my name and it'll come up or go to YouTube and type my name in and it'll come okay. up. It's kind of fun. Yeah, that's great. Well, bring some tissue because it'll make it'll bring tears to your eyes. It's really oh, wow. cry when they see it. It's just very yeah. Funny. I'll have to check that out when we're done. I could use a good cry. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. Oh, um, thank well, you for being that. my guest. Appreciate you coming back and talking to us about this. And um, sure, Franklin's website is wayofthehorse.org, and that's going to be posted on our episode notes page. And you might want to check that out to learn more about equine facilitated learning and the other work that Franklin's doing with horses. So if you have any questions or comments about horsing around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until next time, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsing Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 